welcome to Paranormal Underground Radio. Join us each week as we delve into some of life's most complex questions. It's time to explore the unexplained with your hosts, Karen Frazier and Rick Hale. It is Thursday night, and if you can hear our voices, you're exactly where you need to be. She is Karen Frazier. I am Rick Hale. This is Paranormal Underground Radio at hazyradio.com. Welcome. Karen, how are you today? I'm doing pretty darn well, actually. How about you? Not too bad. Pretty good. Um, uh, before we you know, talk, I thought we would uh, you know, just preview who we have on our show tonight. Uh, we are uh, going to be joined by Willie Windwalker Gibson. He's a shaman and a supernatural consultant. So... Um, I don't know about you, but I've always been interested in the uh, in, in the shaman aspect yes. of it. I've never actually met one. Oh, well, then you're in for a treat. Sure. Um, I, I mean, personally, me, I always kind of thought, you know, like a shaman was a very specific um, cultural, anthropological thing that, you know, the, to just basically to shamanistic societies. But I guess I was wrong. Yes. And shamanism is, a, you know, shamanism from a medical medical. Let me go back. Shamanism from a metaphysical perspective is um, it's another way like yoga or other things to connect with spirit. Okay. So it'll be an interesting conversation. Looking forward to it. Sure. Of course. Um, yeah. So I mean, I've you know, been really looking forward to uh, speaking with him. I know that he is, uh, he's done a lot. He's done a number of uh, radio shows, been in a number of magazines and, uh, you know, be finally, it'll be interesting to finally get a chance to talk to him. That's right. He's gracing us with his presence and lucky him to get to talk to us, huh? <laughs> Very. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, nothing really right now, paranormal-wise. Um, I think the most interesting thing that is happening this week is that Theo is learning how to swim. Oh, that's a big time in a boy's life. Yeah, which is weird for me because, as everybody knows, I have a very strange fear of water. Yeah, but does he? Is he loving it? Oh, he loves it. He loves it. Well, so the best—I mean, the best thing for him, the best way to keep him safe is to teach him to swim. Right, and that's what Jamie said. You know, she's like, maybe you need to learn how to swim too, in case he ever falls out of a boat and you got to go after him. And yes, him having your son, having your you know six-year-old son rescue you or something—that's just a little much. Yeah, that's the. I would have to say that that's a. <laughs> I'm sure they teach like I'm sure you can find at the local pool adult sw- adult swim classes. Well, for they beginners. Do. Yeah, they do. We we uh, we're, we go to the uh, to a local YMCA, and um, one day after I, I came in, I came in a little bit later because I came after work, and Jamie and Theo are already there, so I had to go in and talk to him for a minute. And uh, the guy was like, well, are you going to come in and swim? I'm like, no, nah, I'm not really into water. He's like, well, what do you mean you're not into water? I'm like, I'm, I'm a little bit of afraid of it. He got a little pushy with me. And, and anybody who knows me doesn't – or rather knows that I don't like people being pushy with me. So I just said to him, I'm like, so you want to teach me how to swim? And he's like, yep. I'm like, are you a psychologist? He goes, no, then you're not going to have any luck with me. <laughs> you have a little condition that we like to call in our house demand resistance. When somebody yeah. when somebody tries to demand that you do something, even if it's a perfectly logical thing that's for your own good, it ticks you off and you sort of get mad about it. I'm the same oh. way. I recognize this trait in you because I, I have demand resistance as well. Yeah, I mean, and it's it's probably a – well, I, I 
didn't join the military, but it's probably a good thing I didn't join because I would have ended up in the brig or peeling potatoes. <laughs> give me 20 screw you dude (laughs) i'm out of here bro yeah i just i do not do uh do that i i'm i don't know if it's like a conduct disorder or what but i just do not do not No, it's actually a thing demand resistance um i read about it in like psychology today or something Mm -hmm. no i know we have it uh there's there's kids in in that i work with well you might be mildly demand resistant rick uh, sometimes I think I'm extremely demand resistant. Like I just, I just, I just, I don't get like fly off the. Kind you of don't tell me what to do. No. <laughs> I want to swim in your stupid pool, pal. You can't tell me anything. You're not my mom. <laughs> so I, I had, um, I talked to a guy last night mm-hmm. who um, contacted our team. Okay. And claimed that he was sleeping in his car because his house was just so terribly scary. Okay. And all of these things were going on in his house and blah, blah, blah. So I spent, um, Patty had talked to him the night before for like 45 minutes. And she said, I just want you to talk to him. I want you to do a little more counseling with him, you know? So I talked to him and he was one of those people who, no matter what I suggested, that wasn't what he wanted. And But he was really tricky because he was like, oh, I'm just so scared. I can't go in my house. I have to sleep in my car. I can't even go in to get a beer out of my refrigerator. So, you know, I'm like, well, here, here's how you can create a shield. You can go in the house. You can grab your beer. You can, you know, these are the things that you can do so you can cope with this. And he's he's moving. He's renting the place and he's moving like within the next 30 days, very soon. Um, and so finally at the end, I, I he got around to what it was he, his real agenda was because he turned down every every suggestion I made and mm-hmm. well that's great for you but I just can't do that blah 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 and at the end I said well you know he said well I need somebody to come out in the next day or so and I said well we just can't do that we have jobs we have lives you know we right. do this volunteer wise I said so we really can't do that and he said well. I just, I'm not going to go in the house, but somebody needs to go in the house with a camera and record this because this is going to be famous, man. This is going to be all over TV. This is going to prove there's a haunting. And immediately, and he said it to me three times. Really? And when somebody says something to you three times, that's their true agenda. Oh, yeah. 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 Well, so I, know, I, that was it. I was done. <laughs> yeah, you have the, uh, let's see, you have the house uh, in Indiana which is supposedly infested with demons. Yeah. You have that other house, I don't know, it was rec- I don't I don't remember where where it is, but it was recently on uh, the Dead Files. And then there was another one with that that tragedy a couple of years ago with uh, I think her name was Linda Powell. Um yeah, Susan yeah. Powell. Susan Powell. Susan Powell. Thank you. Yeah, that one too, the people, you know, moved out after a couple of days saying that they just can't live there. And uh so yeah, I mean it's yeah, I, I, I think we all know where this field has gone, and it's really quite sad. Well, that's why we screen clients, right. potential clients. Um, but it this this one in particular, it took quite a lot of digging to and and two of us and extensive conversations to really get out of him what it was what it was about. Yeah, yeah, he just wanted to be on television. He wanted to be famous. That's right. You know, the Susan Powell thing, it was interesting. Mm-hmm. So um, back when she had disappeared, first of all, you know I don't watch a lot of TV. Right. 
And so I I never really watch television, so I don't see a lot on the news. Um, So I get my news from the Internet, and there are times where I just don't want to deal with news at all. And so I do kind of a news blackout and just Mm -hmm. ignore everything that's going on in the world unless something major happens. And so I was in one of these media blackout phases because I was just sick of what was going on in the world, I guess, and didn't want to deal with it for a few days. Well, I was sitting um, at... my table in my jewelry studio working, making some jewelry. And all of a sudden, there was this woman screaming at me. I mean, and she was there. She's screaming, screaming, screaming. And that was all I could see. And I finally just was like, I don't know what you want. Why are you screaming? And all she would do was scream. And I said, if that's all you're going to do, you need to go away. Yeah. And she did. And the next day, I ended my media blackout, and I saw her. And it was Susan Bell. Really? Yep. That's amazing. That was horrifying. I mean, when stuff like that happens, because what am I supposed to do with that? Right. You know, it's frustrating. What am I supposed to do with that? uh, Did you contact the police or anything like that? No, because what am I going to say? I saw her face yesterday while I was making jewelry and she was screaming. Right. What am I going to say to the cops about that? I'm sure she moved yeah. on to the next person who could get through the screaming. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, See, but I have things like that that happen sometimes. Like one day I knew that there was going to be a school shooting, and there was, but that was all I knew is it was it was the Sandy day. All I knew is there was going to be a school shooting that day. I didn't know anything else. Mm-hmm. Anything else. And somebody was like, well, did you, did you call the cops? Well, what am I going to say? I woke up this morning thinking there was going to be a school shooting. Right. Oh, I don't know where. I don't know. Who. You know what that makes me look? I mean, that just makes me look like a nut job. Right. Or you somebody who's in the know. <laughs> that's exactly what I was going to say. I wonder how many times a psychic has gone to the police and said, okay, this is going to happen here, 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 and here. And then the cops are like, well, you're a suspect now. I wonder, I wonder yeah. how often that happens. I don't know, but I didn't even know where. I just knew that it would be. And those are the kind of things that frustrate me because I get that a lot where I get just a tiny piece of information. Mm -hmm. Um, There's going to be an earthquake. That's all I know. What am I supposed to do with that? Why do I get that information if there's nothing I can do with it other than sit here and go, oh, there's going to be an earthquake. Right. Or, oh, I saw Susan Powell screaming. It's very frustrating. It's it's one of the frustrating things about, about the gifts I have is when these things happen and then I see what flashed in my head actually has happened, but there's nothing I can do about it. And there was nothing I could have done to stop it because it was incomplete information. Right. No, I, I, can, I can see that, yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, look, it's uh, 6.15 other times in your flyover states. So let's do this. Let's take a break. And uh, when we come back, we're going to be talking some shamanism. So stick around, everybody. You're listening to Paranormal Underground Radio on the Hazy Radio Network. It's Karen Frazier. I'm here with my co-host of Paranormal Underground Radio, Rick Hale. Hi, everyone. We invite you to join Paranormal Underground Radio on the Hazy Radio Network to explore the unexplained every Thursday night from 6 to 8 p.m. Pacific and other times in the flyover states. (laughs) Each week we talk with investigators in the field, researchers, authors, and experts about topics that include paranormal investigation, ufology, cryptozoology, and spirituality. So please join us each Thursday at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern for Paranormal Talk with great guests right here on Hazy. HazyRadioNetwork.com
From UFOs, hauntings, psychic phenomena, demonology, urban legends, and so much more. Where all these things come together. Paranormal Underground Magazine. Explore the unexplained. Frazier, writer and radio host with Paranormal Underground. Since I wrote my book, Avalanche of Spirits, The Ghosts of Wellington in 2010, people have asked me what happened next. In my new book, Dancing with the Afterlife, a paranormal memoir, my Wellington story continues. Dancing with the Afterlife is more than the continuation of the Wellington story, however. It's also the story of a lifetime of afterlife research and paranormal encounters. What I've learned has changed my life, and it might change yours as well. To learn more about Dancing with the Afterlife or to read an excerpt from the book, visit DancingWithTheAfterlife.com. Thank you. Do you want to keep up with what's going on at Paranormal Underground? Then tweet us on Twitter at ParanormalUG. Or follow us on Facebook at Paranormal Underground. Meet us on MySpace, Paranormal Underground. There's no need to be in the dark about what's going on at Paranormal Underground. Join us on your favorite social networking site today.
you're crazy I'm not your video game, you can't just play me Hope you find what you're looking for Real talk, I keep on running and running around non-stop I'll be fine, I'll be fine, don't worry about me Way hotter than you, just take one look at me Good looks, good looks, it's whatever, bro So done with you, yeah, yeah you're free to go This is Hazy, and you're listening to the Hazy Radio Network. The views expressed and the opinions given by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Hazy Radio Network, its affiliates, or sponsors. All shows are independently owned and broadcast for entertainment purposes only. Hey everyone, this is Paranormal Underground Radio at HazyRadio.com. We are your hosts, Karen and Rick. Uh, right before we come back to the show, you were heard the song Good Looks by Taylor Matos. I do believe I am say, uh, pronouncing her name correctly. Uh, joining us tonight is going to be Shaman, Supernatural Consultant, member of the Paranormal Clergy, and founder of Soul Warriors International, Willie Windwalker Gibson. Willie, welcome to the Underground. Well, thank you for having me. Thank you so much for coming on. It's it's good to have you. So I want to actually start off um, because the one that I don't know about is the paranormal clergy. So tell me about that before we do anything else. Okay. Uh, the paranormal clergy was founded by Bishop James Long. Um, I don't know if you uh, guys have seen him on shows like uh, Post. He, he writes sure. he writes for our magazine. We know we know it, it, it's his it's his okay. But anyway, okay. go ahead and explain it for our listeners, because, yeah, we love well, Bishop Long. Yeah, well, he uh, he formed the Paranormal Clergy um, a few years ago. He, he, what it is, uh, he is the bishop of the old, uh, United States Old Catholic Church, and uh, what we do in the Paranormal Clergy is if somebody's having a problem um, with a nasty spirit or we have a problem with um, demonic possession or anything like that, and they can uh, contact Bishop Long through the paranormal clergy and uh, see what we can do. Now, you, we just don't go out, you know, on every case. I mean, he's got a system worked out where he has uh, uh, an administrator. The minister, you call in to the paranormal clergy. The administrator takes down the, the case. And uh, what we do, we send uh, a um, team out to check out if the, the case is worthy of uh, the clergy's intervention. Uh, and if they go out and they think there is a problem with a demonic possession of a person or a house, then they'll go back and, and show the uh, evidence to Bishop Long, and then he'll either do it himself or he'll dispatch somebody out of the paranormal clergy where it would be a shaman or another priest or another minister that's... Um, it's a member of the clergy. Uh, he formed it because uh, if um, people really need help 
with clergy members, uh, as far as the Catholic Church, they have to go through Rome uh, to get a, you know, to get an exorcism. Well, right. with Bishop Wong, you know, he he does it a different way. You know, he he uh, does it through the paranormal clergy to help people in paranormal cases. Uh, uh, the uh, Catholic Church don't go out on uh, a lot of these paranormal cases, so that's why Bishop Wong. Uh, one of the paranormal clergy, and uh, I had my own television series uh, for 12 years. And one uh, one uh, one episode, I had Bishop Wong come in, and uh, we sat there, and I interviewed him about the paranormal clergy. And after that, he um, he asked me to be a member of the paranormal clergy, and I, I consented. So I've been a member of the paranormal clergy now for about five or six years, and I've gone on on a few cases. I mean, uh, you know, you might think we have case after case after case, but, you know, we're, we're very particular what cases we take because a lot of these cases can be explained away. Uh, you know, you know, a creaky board or a person might have a mental problem or something like that. So we, before we inter intervene on anything, we have to be absolutely sure that uh, the case is worthy of a paranormal clergy member going out on it. So that's that's the paranormal clergy. Sure. Now, Willie, let me allow me to ask this. Um, now, you get you get a call to this home where people believe that they have, um, you know, I'm a demon in their home. How do you determine that this is not either just some really cranky human spirit, or there, or maybe? They could be dealing with a, a case of uh, recurrent spontaneous psychokinesis, which is, you know, of course, a poltergeist. Uh, poltergeists are not necessary, are not demons. It's human psychic ability gone out of control. How do you determine the difference? As a clergy member. Mm hmm Well, that's why we, that's why we send a, the caseworkers out ahead of us. You know, they go in and they'll they'll, they'll do a full scale investigation, you know, like, you know, they'll do, they have their equipment and they'll go in there and they'll see if, if they're, if it's a real haunting or if it's a real nasty spirit or if they think it's a, if it, they think it is demonic, then, then they'll come back to us and say, hey, this is something you all need to take care of. Now, I don't know if you've ever been on a demonic case or not, but if you go out on one, uh, if we're called out on one, you'll know the difference between a demonic case and, and, uh, psychokinesis and uh, sure. poltergeist. You, you, you know, the, you know, the, you know the uh, difference because once you once you enter the home or or, or the property, you'll you'll know it by the energy. You'll know by what happens because usually when a clergy member comes on the scene, uh, whatever's there kind of gets really nasty about it. I mean, um, if you see a couch flying through the air, you know, a person flying through the air, then. You, you more than likely have um, a, a demonic possession. I mean, uh, there's okay. there's other things to to look at. The the you know there's smells and there are different uh, things that goes on energy wise in the house. Now I went on a case one time before I even went inside the house. I could tell something was going on because the entire area around the house was dead. I mean, nothing was growing. Uh, it was dead ground. Uh, you could tell by just, just the, the house itself um, that something was in there. Uh, there wasn't any flowers growing around the place. There wasn't. It wasn't because it wasn't kept either. You could tell something was sucking the life out of this place before we even got before I even got inside. Because I, this was a case I went on by maybe my wife and another.
you know, another team before. This was before I even joined the paranormal clergy. I was sure. working cases like this. So, uh, as I were, you know, when you approach a house, more than likely you know something's going to happen before you get there. Yeah, it, it's it, it's funny that you should say that because it's like in in 23 years of myself of investigating claims of of the paranormal, playing claims hauntings, um, I've never met one. I I've and it just it just seems to be that there are um, demons everywhere suddenly, and it seems that this is something that people are really hip on, and it seems that people are really. Um, they're really into the dark side of things rather than looking at it from a more parapsychological perspective. Um, how, how often do you deal with something that you would call a, a demon or classify as as a uh, evil reprobate spirit? Rick, I've been doing this for professionally for 30 years now, and sure. I can count on one hand the, the cases I've worked that are were truly demonic. Right. Right. Yeah, it's just, it, it, you know, Willie, I mean, it, for, for yourself as an old schooler, such as, you know, where we, we have that, like, that kinship there being old school paranormal investigators, it just seems like there is, seems to be this, um, like I said, an obsession with the dark side. Um, what, 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 excuse me, what are your thoughts on that with this, just this obsession? Uh, well, yeah, I, I've noticed in the last few years it's, it's gotten worse. It's almost like, People really want to have a demon in their house, or they said, you know, there's a demon in that closet. <laughs> wait, wait, you know, I, I need you to stop for a minute. Why? Why? <laughs> for some reason, they think that's, that make, they have power, you know, to have something like that there. But they don't realize, I mean, like the cases I have worked, this, these were really, really sick cases where, uh, when, when I intervened or the paranormal clergy intervened, the person was almost dead or the, the family was almost dead, uh, from things that were in the house from whatever this thing was. Uh, I worked one two years ago where, uh, this wasn't through the, the, the paranormal clergy. I was called out through the soul warriors because I had my own team, the soul warriors of Shaman's and, uh, um, and Bishop Long's a member of the uh, Soul Warriors, too. I was called out because um, a person called me and said, look, uh, there's something in my house, and it's killing me because it doesn't want me to eat or drink, and, uh, I'm, you know, I need your help. It's killing me. Well, at the time, my wife was in the hospital. Uh, I, she's a clergy member, uh, the Soul Warrior member, and uh, a couple of my other team members, they were off in other cases, so... You're not really supposed to work something like that by yourself, but I had no choice because this, there was kids involved too. So I went on ahead and tangled it by myself, and when I first walked up to the house, I knew something was going on because, like I said, I could feel it uh, just by looking to the grounds outside. And when I knocked on the door and, and the lady answered the door, I could tell yeah, I had, uh, I had a, a possession going on, a semi-possession going on because it was like – watching a uh, episode of The Walking Dead. I mean, that's how bad she looked. And she said, I'm glad you're here. I mean, this woman was about 90 pounds, and this woman was almost 40 years old. And I walked in the house, and there were three dogs there, and they were picking these dogs, and you would swear they were Dovermans because they came at me, and I said, be still, you know, because I knew something was... was uh, 
uh, affecting those those animals. And she had a gray, big old parrot. It was a, you know you was you would swear it was an eagle trying to get at me. And I was I looked around, and then it was something right out of uh, you know uh, a poltergeist or something like that where. Uh, I looked at the walls. The walls were covered. I mean, there must have been thousands of flies on the wall. Uh, the water was shooting up out of the out of the drain in the in the kitchen. I mean, the the uh, the, the bathroom was was flooded out. The basement was flooded out. There was uh, there was uh, food scattered everywhere. Days worth of food. You know, and the place really reeked. I mean, it it, it, it smelled like death in the house. And when I walked in there, I, I you know, had uh, dealt with something like that before, and uh, it just, you know, and so I went to work. I mean, right away, the the the, the woman, you know, I set her down and uh, began my prayers, and uh, and it did her some things that you go through when you go through a. Uh, checking somebody that's been that's possessed, but I'm not going to go into that right now. And she she flunked all of them. I mean, she was it was it was a mess. I mean, it was a it wasn't a total uh, possession, but it was almost there. So I went on ahead and did the ceremony. And as I was doing it, this woman actually she was sitting in a chair, and she actually arched up to where she wasn't levitating, but she was arched. She almost was in a full U. Uh, position and uh, you know she and, and she was just I mean you, her eyes was just a total pool black and then I took uh, a cross and put it on her forehead well she just went all I mean it just it, it just went like a madhouse and the whole house shook and uh, I burnt actually burnt a spot in her forehead with with a uh, crucifix so you know I uh, Called the demon out and come to find out when it when it uh, revealed its name, it was a demon that I had dealt with before in another case. So whether it followed me through her, I don't know, but it was the same demon that I had to get rid of that I had ran into before in another case. So these demons, uh, you know, uh, the people that work with the clergy and, and Bishop Long will tell you they know you, they know that you're their enemy, and they do the best they can to destroy you. Uh, Bishop Long can tell you you're not like for me personally being a shaman. You're not going to find a millionaire shaman. Uh, every day is a struggle to live. You know, uh, my wife and I have gone through uh, financial problems. We've lost our home. Shimon's been in, my wife has been in countless uh, physical problems. She's broken her back. She, you know, she's had heart attacks. I mean, these things, they attack not only us, but our families too. So we, you know, when we go into these things, we, although we do our best to protect ourselves, you know, some, sometimes it slips through and it, it attacks our family. So it knows, the, the demons know who we are. So, you know, we have to be very, very careful, you know, about how we approach things. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, you know, like I said, we're not supposed to tangle things, these things by ourselves, but sometimes, Things arise where you, you just, we just have to stand still and and fight it out. So um, I, I can tell you stories. Um, you know, and actually, I, I would like to hear them. But first off, I just wanted to say uh, to give a shout out. Um, Dawn in the chat room says hi, Willie. Yeah, she is. She is uh, one of the one of my shamans through uh, the uh, 
the Soul Warriors, and she is also my uh, my shaman legacy. Okay. Cool. So look, and, and this too. I mean, um, I work in this. I work in the psychiatric field. I work with kids that have conduct and behavioral disorders, and we, you know, every now and then we see kids that have. Um, um, you know, schizophrenia, or they have post-traumatic stress disorder, or they have a, a bipolar access too. How do you guys keep a, a psychiatrist or a psychologist, or at the very least, a licensed clinical social worker on the team to say this is not, you know, a spirit, this is not a, a demon, this is actually legitimate psychiatric condition? Well, we when we send the teams out and they come back with uh, their investigation work and they and they come back to the clergy and go through Bishop Long, he has uh, those those people lined up. I mean, if he doesn't take care of it himself, you know, as far as checking that out, he does have uh, professionals, you know, to go and uh, to help the people. I mean, it might not be a demonic type of situation, but he probably he could. Uh, put them in contact with the right people for uh, mental health. Okay. So yeah, I, yeah. I actually have a question. So I'm part of a paranormal team, and um, we won't touch cases where it's strongly suspected demonic. Um, we just feel that that's not our area of expertise, that we are paranormal and ghost people, but demons are a spiritual and religious construct, and that we're in over our head with things like that. So we always refer those cases out. What do you think about teams who actually, without your level of training, try to um, handle those themselves? We have ran into teams like that that has got into trouble and come to us that has gotten their butts kicked by, by things. And uh, they have made things more worse by trying to do something themselves. A lot of teams, they'll go in there, and uh, even when they suspect that something like that's going on, they try to take care of themselves. They'll, they'll whip out the sage, and they'll whip out the holy water, and they'll whip out the Bible, and they'll go to work. But if you, you've got to have a special person to go in there. You have to have clergy to go in there and take care of that because if you try to do that yourself, it's just a joke to to a demon if you try to do it yourself. They, it, they sure. will play with you. They will, and then you have the problem of them might want to um, attach themselves to you and go home with you and play heck with your with your family. You know, we've ran sure. into that too. Um, you watch... Uh, Ghost adventures, and you know, I, I met Zach last year, and uh, you could tell, you know, it's taken its toll on him. Uh, oh, I believe case. so. Yes. Oh, sure. Yeah, it's taken its toll on him because I could tell by when he first started Ghost Adventures to where I saw him last year. I mean, it's really took a toll on him and uh, his other team members. Uh, you know, Aaron really. You know, Aaron used to be really heavy. Really, and Aaron's thin now. I mean, these guys have really been put through it. You know, challenging these things that they they run into. Whether now as of late, they have gotten a little smart and started using clergy and uh, and uh, mediums to, and to work with them. But uh, but you know, you don't go out and provoke. I mean, first thing you, you got to remember, even. With anything, and especially a demonic case, you don't provoke because you're going to get your you're going to get your head handed to you. I mean, even if you go out and you work a demonic case and and it it, it it's dormant, okay? 
it, it just stops doing stuff. Well, it'll come back later and it'll wreak havoc on you. So, yeah. you know, you've got to be, you know, these people to go out and, they'll, you know, it's all right to go out and do an investigation, you know, uh, a simple haunting or something like that and get your evidence and look at your EVPs and your, your video and stuff like that. It's fine. But if you walk into it, I'm telling you, if you walk into a demonic area and you can feel it and something says, get out of here, you need to get out of there and, and just back off. And a lot of, lot of, lot of teams don't. And, uh, I know quite a few teams that, that took something on like that and really, you know, really got, uh, hurt and, uh, actually, you know, the teams broke up over it. So you gotta be very, very careful. Like I said, if, if you've actually, um, run into it, if you ever run into a demonic case or a suspected demonic case, you'll know it when you walk up to the area. You will, you'll know it when you walk in the house or you'll know it when you walk on the property. You'll get sick to your stomach. You know, you'll get, you'll get the heebie-jeebies and, and your body will say, no, I think we better back off. And you, and you know, you need to do that. Yeah. Frankly, I've only ever had, and I've worked a lot of cases over the years, I've only ever had one case where before I even went I got the message don't come back off and I didn't go I mean because I don't want to wind up on somebody's radar frankly <laughs> if I don't have to. well there was a, there was one case a, a few years ago that I was getting ready to go on a case the day before the, the next day that night and this really happened we I had a, a raven uh, up here in my house, I mean, just out of nowhere, and is mm. a, is a warning to keep away. That's what happens. That it knows, you know, especially knows me when I, I I'm called out to do a clearing uh, minor rights on a house. So, um, you know, that's that that has happened too. I mean, we've actually had things show up at our home, you know, as warnings. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and mine mine usually comes in in the in a sense or a sensation or a feeling because I I do get um, feelings from places I'm going ahead of time, which is good. I mean, I think that helps me and it helps me prepare and it helps me to know what's coming and things. But there's only just been the once, and boy, that was so strong. Uh, don't go, and I didn't. And um, you know, part of me thinks, oh well, if only I had, then I would know. But I'd rather have listened to to my gut and what I was hearing than than go into something that might potentially be bad. So when somebody like me who has psychic abilities gets these type of messages or a team goes in to this place and the plants are dead and the energy is bad and and all of that, um, do you suggest that they immediately put the brakes on and call somebody else or, you know, how do they handle that then? Because the other thing that people in the paranormal have is that we have this we want to help our clients. And um, if we're not doing anything for them in the moment, we have to say, no, we can't do this. This isn't our area of expertise. These people are in pain longer. So how do you recommend somebody work with that and do the best for the client, but also do the best for themselves? Well, I noticed uh, lately a lot of the teams are made up of, of uh, psychics. You know, they take psychics along with them, and mm-hmm. and they're they're starting to learn. They're starting to listen to the psychic, and you having the ability to go into the house and and do your walkthrough mm-hmm. and come back and tell these people, look, you know, uh, I think that 
we need to get clergy in here, and we're mm-hmm. going to help you do that. Uh, let us go and uh, do, our, do our investigation, and let us go and talk with the clergy, and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get some help for you then. And that's the only that's the only thing you can do because if, if you go in there as a team and try to clean to clean that house and it's it does have a demonic entity in it, you're going to do more harm than good, and you're probably going to get hurt trying to do it. Right. Yeah. Now, fair do enough. you ever? Oh, sorry, Karen. I just said fair enough. Go ahead. Oh, have you ever come across a uh, as uh, come across a haunting um, that is a mixture of uh, both inhuman and um, and human spirits? I, I, I got picked up by um, a team, uh, one case, and my wife and I, and they wouldn't tell me what was going on with the case. They had been working this case several several times, several months, and they said, well, we're, we're going to come and pick you up. She said, I think we, we've got something going on here that's, you know, that we're going to need help on. So we went in, and they, I mean, they had really, really high-tech equipment they set up and everything, and they wouldn't tell me what was going on other than, there was a couple of people that was being hurt in the house. There were sisters. Okay. So I, they set up and uh, they had cameras set up and everything. And I, and I start walking through the house. And by by chance, this is actually a demon that I talked about well ago. This is the, this is the first time I met this demon. And uh, I walked into this bedroom, and the bedroom uh, was about 120 degrees. Damn, and. Yeah, and this was this was it. This was in, a, in the fall. I mean, it was cool outside, and I, I I know I knew right then that this was where the the room that this thing stayed in, and this thing had been attacking these women and, and burning them and all this kind of stuff. And uh, it come to find out, they this thing had several entities that was there that was trapped. It was a it was a, a demonic presence, but it also had other spirits trapped, and we we found that out. And a few of them were kids, and uh, this, this apartment was really really active. I mean, you you know you know uh, this they you could hear voices on the the EVPs, and uh, well, I went into this um, room, and and this, this thing was in there, and it was it was it appeared to be like it, you could see the red. It kind of have, had a red glow to it, and it, it, it looked it looked spooky. But I, you know, I've seen worse, and okay. it, and, it, and it kept throwing its name out, you know, and said it was demonic, and it kept throwing its name. And I said, "You're not a demon." I said, "You're a punk," <laughs> and uh, and you, you know as well as I do that um, demons do not reveal themselves to you. You have to. You, it has to be forced out. Right. And if I walk. If you ever walk into a situation and you get an EVP says I'm so and so and I'm a demonic da 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 and you it's those other demonic thing, it ain't thanked because right. it, it's a battle it's a battle to get their name. So right. you know, and uh, I went I went to work. I mean, I started doing the prayers and I and I did the ceremony and I forced this thing out. You know, once we forced this thing out, the other the other entities in the house was free to go, but uh, we had about three little kids that was trapped in there and two, two grown-ups. Um, I think they all died in a fire that was on the property at one time. And we got the circle. I got the team in the circle, and we, we did a prayer circle, a release circle, and you can actually see this this energy in a, in the circle 
go. You can actually see it rise up and go out of the out of the room. We mm-hmm. released those entities after we got this one entity ran it. Oh, we actually ran it out, and um, after it was gone, we actually cleared the the. It was an apartment, but it was a it was an apartment house is is hard to clear because it could be jumping from you know from. Um, apartment to apartments, but we were able to go out and uh, do a clearing not only in that apartment, but we did through most of them and even even the hallways and things like that. So uh, the building manager really worked with us on that on that case. So um, yeah, we you, there has been cases where I've actually had a dominant a dominant entity over mm-hmm. other entities that were less dominant, you know, less yeah. uh, powerful. Yeah. Well, so have I. I think that anybody who's been in this field for any matter of time will uh, will come across something like that. Now, in my own studies into um, into demonology, I've found that there that a person just doesn't become spontaneously possessed. Not there's not demons running around saying, "Hey, I'm going to go pick on this guy for a while." But there seems to be um, uh, steps, signs, uh, phases, whatever that leads to the demon's final objective. Um, is there any truth to that? Um, they will prey on weak people. They will prey, prey on uh, drug addicts, alcoholics, mm-hmm. uh, people who do uh, ritual, uh, people who are having problems with their faith, uh, people of that nature. They, they'll 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 uh, go after those people faster than they would somebody that's really really. Uh, into their their religion, you know. Um, I found uh, one time we, we I had a case where um, this lady was she had mental problems, mm-hmm. and uh, she she contacted me and uh, she said I am possessed. There I've been I've been possessed by this demon, and they have taken my kid away from me because I am possessed by this demon that. Um, possessed me at a gymnasium, at a gym, when I was, you know, working out. I said, "Uh uh-huh. She said, yes. And uh, she said, will you come, you know, see me and do an exorcism? I said, why don't I do an interview first? Why don't I meet you someplace? So I had her meet me at a McDonald's, and I took a couple of uh, soul warriors with me. I included my wife, and I met this lady, and she walks in, and she sits down, and she starts making faces at me and sticking her tongue out at me and jerk, her head was jerking back and forth. And she says, I was at this, I was at the gym working out and this, uh, and I felt this man enter my body. And it's been, you know, and I have been, uh, possessed ever since. And I want to possess, I want to, uh, you to do an exorcism on me because they, my, my parents took my baby away from me because they were afraid I was going to hurt my baby. I said, and I looked at her, and, you know, her head was jerking. And I asked her, I said, have you been, you know, are you on any kind of meditation? She says, not now. I said, what, do you, what, uh, what kind of medication was you, or have you been on? And she'd been on an antipsychotic. I said, well, have you ever been uh, hospitalized? Oh, yeah, I've been in, I've been in uh, a sane asylum. Uh, they thought I was crazy, but I kept telling them I was possessed. And they let me go. And I said, are you still on your meds? She says, no. I said, you need to go back on your meds, you know, right. because she said, no, I'm possessed. Said, if I go to my apartment, I can prove that I'm possessed. So I, I said, 
I told the other members of the team, I said, let's go, back, let's go and see what's going on at this apartment. We walked in, and I had a, a team member start filming. And as we walked through, I mean, she had took and wrote on the walls, he's going to get me, I'm possessed. I uh, went into the bathroom. It looked like there was blood all over in the, in the, in the what looked to be blood in the, in the uh, bathtub. Mm-hmm. And I walked through where the baby's room was, and and I looked around. I happened to see, looked looked over in the one corner. I seen a book laying there, and I walked over, and it was uh, the Satanic Bible. So I said, uh huh. So I walked back in uh, the other room, and I set her down, and I said, look, you need to go back on your meds. You need to go back and see your see your doctor. I'm possessed. And you're gonna do a you're gonna do an exorcism on me so I can get my baby back. I says, I'm not gonna do an exorcism on you because it says you're not possessed. You have a mental problem and you need to go back and get on your meds, and you know and get well. I'm not gonna do it. I'm I'm, I'm possessed. I'm telling you, I'm possessed. I said, okay, you're possessed. Okay. So I went on ahead and I gave her. You know, I won't tell you what I did. You know, but I, there's some things that. And even Bishop Long does these things too, that you so test that you get people, you know, to see if they're possessed. Well, you know, she she wasn't possessed. She she flunked the test. She she wasn't possessed. And I said, I'm not going to do anything to you. I'm not going to put. I'm not going to do a. I'm not going to do an exorcism on you. I said, what I will do for you though, I will bless your. I will bless your uh, your home. And uh, that's as far as I'm going to go. So I went through the house and I blessed the house. And uh, I said, "Now you need to you need to go see your doctor." And uh, there was no way I was going to do an exorcism on this woman so she could go back and tell her family that gave me my baby back because the demons out of me. The only thing oh, she yeah. wanted me there was to get her baby back. And this woman was really really sick. And when I didn't do the exorcism, she she got on Facebook and she really laid into me. I mean, she put out there I was a fake and and I didn't know what I was doing and I wasn't a real shaman and all. And I'm telling you, it really backfired on me because I, the Facebook community got back on her real big. I mean, you know, they really they really tore her a new one. You know, attacking me. So uh, I went in. You know, you got to be very, very careful when when you're dealing with a person that says they're come to you and says they're possessed. Uh, yeah. A possessed a, a possessed person will not come to you and say, "Hey, I'm possessed. Do an exorcism on me." You know, they won't do that. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, that sounds like it was a really tough, a, a really uh-huh. tough case, boy. It was. That one. Was where, you know, I was called in. You know, I was called in. At, as a soul warrior, my own team, but I did actually pick up the phone and I told, you know, I called Bishop Long and I told him what I, I had done, uh, what, what I was, you know, what kind of case it was. And he said, Willie, you know, you need to call the hospital she was in and you need to report her because she's, she's dangerous, you know, and if she's starting to attack you on Facebook, there's no telling what she'll do. So I did. I went on ahead and, and called the, the hospital and, and made the report. Uh, what they did, I don't know. He said, this way it covers you to let them know that you was a witness yeah. to this, um, you know, to the way she was acting. Well, and she was very likely a danger to herself as well as to other yeah. people. So, I mean, what else could you have done? And that's, that's all I could do. Yeah, and that's, that's part of what um, makes 
the work that you do and the work that we do as paranormal investigators and things, it makes it difficult sometimes is because it does attract that element of people who are mentally ill. You, you get that. You, we get that. It happens. And, well, you, um, what it is, you know, they, they watch these movies and they watch, they do these games and, you know, they watch these TV shows and they say, huh, that's happening here. Uh, I've got to have a demon here. Well, it plays on their mind, you know, sure. and they, they get so full of the paranormal and uh, the horror and, and the zombies and the vampires. I mean, I've ran into, <laughs> ran into vampires, too. So, um, yeah. you you know, you've got to be very careful what you're, what you, you run into, too, and taking a team in. Like, if I get a case that I think it's going to be pretty big, I'll go do a scouting on it. I'll, I'll go by, I'll go yeah. through the neighborhood and I'll, I'll ride up and down the neighborhood to see if, if there's any power lines or any uh, water sources there. I'll check out the house and, you know, I'll, I'll check it out. And if I see people, you know, drinking and cussing and shooting guns and, you know, having, you know, drugs and things like that, I won't take my, I won't take uh, my, my team into something like that. I, that's why I go out and out the, got the, the place out before I even but take my team in there. Yeah, right. that only makes sense. That's, you know, looking out for yourself and your team because what good are you to anybody else if you get yourself in a dangerous situation and get hurt or worse? So we are at the top of the hour, so let's do this. We need to take a quick break. Uh, when we come back, I want to talk um, shamanism. Sound good to you? Sure. Okay, so everybody stick around. You're listening to Paranormal Underground Radio on the Hazy Radio Network. We will be right back. Hey, I'm Chucky G here. Come join me on my show, In the Dark Radio, where we talk with guests on everything from ghosts to cryptids. Starting from 10.30 p.m. to 12 a.m. Eastern, come into the zone and have some fun, right here on the Hazy Radio Network. Join host Rick Hale along with Paranormal Investigator Chuck G on an exciting new web series. SCNIPEARDEVENTS.org, YouTube, and UK's The Haunted Channel. Ghosts, cryptids, UFOs, urban legends, eerie events, chasing the unknown. You are a waste. A loser. Everyone hates you. Why don't you just stay in your car and keep driving? I'm serious. Drive until you run out of gas and get out of your car and walk until you find someone who doesn't think you're dumber than bricks. Could take a while, but at least all that walking might burn a couple of calories. You may not witness bullying like this every day. Your kids do. They want to help, but they don't know how. Visit StopBullying.gov to learn safe, simple ways your child can help stop bullying. Be more than a bystander at StopBullying.gov. A message from the ad council. Carefest, America's top horror and paranormal convention, is coming to Lexington, Kentucky, September 12th through the 14th. Scarefest provides three frightful packed days of guests, speakers, and vendors, featuring the who's who of the horror and paranormal industry. Spend one or all three days with celebrities such as Carrie Elvis, Katie Hodder, Corey Feldman, Gary and Jake Busey, Grant Wilson, Chip Coffey, Stephen Tangle, Clarissa Vasquez, Diane Frazier, and many more. Tickets start at just $26.25 per person for a one-day admission. Visit thescarefest.com today to get your tickets for the scariest event of the year. Come if you dare, but don't. 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 
babies, you gotta just roll with that flow, yeah, right into the great daylight as the sun arises right there in your heart, starting at 7 a.m. Eastern Time and running right into high noon, you've got the Coyote Medicine Show in the mornings with your host, Grandpa Peter Coyote, helping you take flight right into the heart, baby, that's right, you gotta know, you gotta get in the flow, the Coyote Medicine Show, only on the Hazy Radio Network. Hi, this is Hazy, and you're listening to the Hazy Radio Network. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Paranormal Underground Radio at hazyradio.com. We are your hosts, Karen and Rick. We've been having a fascinating conversation with uh, a member of the paranormal clergy as well as a uh, shaman, uh, Willie Windwalker Gibson. Um, thank you so much, Willie, for um, you know sticking around for another segment. So, Willie, I want to talk about the shamanism because it's something that people hear a lot about now, um, but I don't think they really know about, a lot about it. So tell me about it. Well, shamans are, are chosen. I mean, they the spirits cho- choose the shaman. I, myself, I, w- I didn't set out to be a shaman. I, you know, I wanted to be a police officer, and... Uh, you know, although I was as a child, you know, it's around nine, ten years old, I, I started picking up uh, my gifts and you know, a second sight, and I could see and hear spirit. And uh, of course, you know, there's a story about a UFO that kind of helped that 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 out a little bit when I was ten years old. But with, that's another story, way you know, another topic. But um, I, it, you know, I, I was, you know, I started getting my gifts at the age of ten, and I, you know, and my dad kind of helped me out with that, you know. Being able to um, determine the spirits and discerning the spirits and, and not being afraid of the dead. And, you know, he, he did things like take me to funeral homes and, and show me a dead person and, you know, that, that that's a vessel and the, the soul is gone. And, you know, he, he worked that out with me pretty good where I, I wasn't too scared when, when I started seeing ghosts. And when I did, I used to, you know, go and tell him about it. He worked it out with me. And he, did, he, he worked a lot with me as a child, but... Um, I basically I would I didn't want to I, I didn't set out to be a shaman I mean I, I kind of kept my gifts to myself all all through my my childhood and and through my you know my teen years and things like that and when I got old enough to you know to be a cop you know I, I went on ahead and went through police school and and uh, I went on ahead and, and went on a force that was a state peace officer and I was assigned to a Native American burial site one night and. Uh, that's when it, it all started because I was in my cruiser and uh, this Indian showed up one night, you know, when I was sitting there and I thought I thought there was somebody that was trespassing on property because this was an Native American burial ground I was sitting in and um, come to find out this was an Indian spirit called uh, Singing Fox and he told me that I was going to be a shaman. I said, no, I'm not going to. I, I said, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm a police officer. And he says, you're going to be a shaman. And, you're, you're, and he gave me my Indian name. It's Quinn Walker. And, and that night he, he disappeared in front of me. And I knew I'd been talking to a spirit rather than a solid person. Because when I first saw Singing Fox, he was solid. I thought, you know, it was just somebody that's walking up to me, talking to me. But this was a solid spirit. 
and uh, he came kept coming back uh, night after night for six months, uh, and I was assigned to this area for six months, and uh, he told me I was going to be a shaman, he gave me my shaman name, and he told me what I was going to do, and I kind of let it go over my head a little bit, you know, and I said, sure, uh-huh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll take that in consideration and all that. Well, I was transferred out of there after six months, and I, I stayed on the, you know, in police work for another six, eight years, and it, I finally, after my dad crossed over and he'd come back and told me, showed me his, uh, you know, spiritual body that, you know, I said something to this. So I went on ahead and started seeking shaman teachers. Now, in order to be a shaman, you have to be taught by a shaman. You can't pick up a book and read about shamans and say, hey, I'm going to be a shaman. You have to have hands-on training by another shaman. Anybody that's that's been in a uh, that's been designated a shaman or chosen as a shaman will tell you they had master teachers t- teach them things like soul retrievals and you know out of body and and rituals and cleansings and clearings and things like that. All of this has got to be done perfect. I mean, to be a shaman and uh, you have to be trained by a shaman. And that's why, you know, uh, I sought out different shamans. A lot, you know, so that my teachers were women shamans, and they were very, very powerful. You know, um, they taught me how to set for spirit, you know, and how how to do this and how to do that and how to do uh, 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 past life and all this kind of stuff. They they taught me how to do that, and they work with you until you get it right. They just don't say, well, do this this day, and then the next day we'll do this, and the next day we'll do that. If you don't get something right when they're teaching you a certain thing, they will stay on that until you get it. And that's how I train, too. Uh, out of all the people that came to me seeking to be a shaman, I, I, I can count on one hand that, that became a shaman uh, that mm. stayed with it. Because a lot of people won't stay with it. They'll say, well, I'm going to be a shaman. I'm going to be a, I'm going to be a good student. After about the third lesson, they get, uh, they get bored. Because if, if they don't get something the first time, the first lesson I teach them, I'll stay on it until they get it. They think I'm just going to bypass it. Ah, oh, we'll come back to it later or you'll get it later on. They ain't going to do that way because you're going to be dealing with things that you better know what you're doing. Like if you do run up against a demon, if you got, you know, if you do do out of body, if you do do a, a soul um, a retrieval, if you do uh, a past life, uh, if you do a healing, if you use a certain thing, if you know how to use crystals, how to use fire, earth, wind, fire, water, learn the elements, you know, the four directions, how to pull that energy in, how to pull energy up from the earth to, to do, you know, for protections and things like that. You've got to know your stuff. And in order to do that, you have to have a teacher that's going to stick with you until you're done. It's the same thing with the Orientals, too. You know, if you get an Oriental teacher teaching you, uh, say, a, a, a martial art or something like that, they will stick with you on this one certain subject until, it, until it's done right and uh, different disciplines. And it's the same thing with being a shaman. Uh, like Don is in the, the uh, chat room right now. Uh, she she wanted to be, she you know, she told me, you know, she is a very, very strong psychic. And when I met her, I knew she had this shaman 
uh, energy about her, so that's, that taught her, I started teaching her a little bit about this and the shaman ways and things like that, and she's now uh, a shaman, and she does things on in, in the area she's at, uh, which is, uh, you know, the southwest. She's out in Nevada, and if she runs across something that she needs, uh, uh, you know, uh, something that she needs uh, advice about, she'll she'll call me and say, look, I did this and this and this. Did I do it right? Yeah. Well, well what do you think we need to do next? And I'll say, well, we'll, we'll try this, and then she'll, you know, we'll confer back and forth, just like two specialists would do. So, you know, that's that's one person, and, and, and I work with my wife. She she has learned a lot of stuff, and she does singing and, and prayers and drumming, and, and uh, she does a lot of symbol work, and, uh, you know, she, she is in the field, too. So you have to have a shaman teach you the, the, the shaman ways. You can't learn it through a book. Interesting. So yeah. it's a very, it sounds like it's a very spiritual discipline is that how you would describe it as a spiritual discipline it is and it's a long one too i mean when i started you know i first started out when i was first told this was 1980 you know i i, I kind of wandered about till 1988 before i decided to come forward and started doing real practicing because i i wanted to make sure i knew i you know, that i knew i knew what i was doing and like i said i had several several shaman teachers not only in the physical, but the spiritual too. So, and when I when I felt, uh, you know, when I felt that I got ready for it, then I then I stepped forward, and then I had uh, teams come to me and said, "Look, you know, I, you know, we've read about you. Will you come with us? We've run into something that we think you you need to take a look at, whether it would be Native American stuff or possible demonic stuff, or you know, how to clear a land or or, or different Indian." or stuff like that, you know, they would they would come and get me. I mean, I, I would I did that for six or seven years, and then I just decided, you know what? Why don't I just go ahead and form my own group, get get some more shamans, get you know, get some uh, more psychics, and of course, push along as a, as a soul warrior too. And you know, we take only take certain cases, the worst of the worst. You know, we're specialized team. I mean, we just you're not going to see us roaming around in a in an old abandoned. Uh, penitentiary or something like that just for the heck of it we're called out when we're actually needed right well and you see you see elements what i consider to be elements of shamanism sort of leaking into um other areas of the paranormal too for instance i'm a a metaphysical practitioner i actually have a a certificate and degree in that and so I do house clearings probably in a different way than you do. Um, but one of the very common things, and one that we actually use too, is the burning of sage, which is definitely a shamanistic thing, isn't it? Yeah, and, and you, you know as well as I do, it's got to be done a certain way. I mean, yes. you can't just light a little sprig and a little bitty, little bitty thing of smoke comes out. You need to really... You know, sage something. You need, you need to, to smoke up like the joint. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Absolutely true. Well, and and so when so the purpose. Tell me from a shaman's point of view, what the purpose is of burning sage, and is burning sage enough? Or are there other things you need to do in in addition to the sage? Burning a sage is a cleansing uh, a form of uh, uh, 
it's a, it's a cleansing form. You know, you go through every uh, room, every corner, every every closet, over every mirror, every window in the place. A lot of people don't know that. You know, you you mm-hmm. you, uh, you you take care of your entrances, what entrance ways. Mm-hmm. You know, to do that. A lot of people will go through and they'll, they'll do it backwards. They'll go in and and you know, think they're clearing a house when they'll go through there and spray holy water everywhere and then go through and do a saging. You don't do that. You do the <laughs> no. saging. You do the, you do the clearing first and before you right. do the cleansing. It's a blessing. You know, right. a lot of people do that backwards and then they do it wrong after they do that. So you, you gotta be very, very careful how you do things. Um, if you think you've got something that you can handle that's kind of minor, you know, just a basic uh, clearing and cleansing, fine. If you know what you're doing, that's fine. But if you if you think there is a demonic presence, something strong in there, it's best just to back off and let clergy do it. Don't even try to do a saging. Right. Don't do anything. You'll just provoke it. Right. So my team takes a very multidisciplinary approach because, again, as I mentioned, I'm um, – you know, I am a metaphysical practitioner. We have a Lutheran pastor on our team. We have someone who's a shaman on our team. So we approach it in um, from multiple angles because we feel that that's important to do it that way, both for the person and for the spirits there. And I tend to believe that what we're really doing when we do all of these multidisciplinary things is we're really all doing the same thing. We're just doing it in a different way. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I've worked side by side with movement. I'm an ordained minister, too. Uh, you know, I was brought up Pentecostal, and uh, I've got a shaman Pentecostal. And uh, <laughs> and then I've worked with, I've worked with Buddhist. I, you know, I've worked with, of course, I work with Bishop Long, Catholic Church. You know, I, I work with all uh, all other uh, forms of uh, religion, so we work side by side a lot. Yeah, because I always one of the things I always wondered is so a lot of people just say, well, what I want is I want a Christian house blessing, or what I want is I want a shaman to come into the house, and if you're dealing with a spirit, and that spirit is, for instance, um, Native American and I come in and do a Buddhist blessing, is that going to be something that resonates with the Spirit? So is there is there crossover in those things? Will a Christian blessing work for a Spirit, maybe who's Wiccan, or a Wiccan blessing work for a Spirit that's Christian? Sure, sure it will. It's all about the, the purity of the whole ceremony. Mm-hmm. So it's, a, it's about the intention. Yeah, and, you know, I've worked, like I said, I've worked side by side on many cases with, with you know, like... Uh, Buddhist monks, and, uh, you know, I've actually helped them uh, in a Buddhist, I did a wedding one time that was, I did the, I did the Christian part of it, and then the, the Buddhist monk did the other part of it, and we were side by side doing the same uh, ceremony. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's what, I'm an ordained metaphysical minister, and that's, we do it side by side as well, and, and, um, people tend to be fairly accepting of that. Occasionally we have a client who says, you know, I'm uncomfortable with the metaphysical part or I'm uncomfortable with the shaman part or, and so, so we do try to work with the clients. So if they're uncomfortable with the part of the ceremony, we don't do that. So do you have clients who just say, no, I'm uncomfortable with this native American stuff. It doesn't make sense because I'm a Christian. 
Sure, you know, and you, you know that that's fine too. I'm not I'm not insulted by it at all. Yeah. I mean, well, if you don't want if you don't want a Native American ceremony, I'm also a Christian minister, so I'll I'll pull out a Bible and go to work. <laughs> See, you're perfect. You can just put on a different hat and off you go. I mean, uh, you know, I preached in the church before. You know, I had my own church, and uh, you know, I did my you know I did uh, services on Sundays, and I did my I did my. Uh, my service, and you know my, you know, and then I go out and later on that day and go out and do a, a Native American wedding. Yeah, yeah, and I like that because I again I tend to believe that um, that all of these different disciplines that that none of them are wrong and that really it's just a different approach to spirit. So so I think. It's great that you do all of these different approaches because it sort of makes you a triple threat. You can go into you can go into a place and no matter what's going on in there, you've got a handle on it, don't you? Yeah. Well, one time I was doing uh, I never do I, I noticed I, one thing I, I, I'm never going to do again is set up a booth at a flea market and do readings. Uh, and you know I, it, it got dangerous because I actually had death threats. Really. So, <laughs> Yeah, you know, I've had people come up with the Bible and quote Bible verses to me and stuff yeah. like that. And I just let them go on and on. And then I said, now, can I talk? Sure. You know, you heathen or they dealt, you know, that's just, that's just uh, the good, you know, the, the clean part of it. I said, turn to First Corinthians 12 and read it for me. And they'll turn to First Corinthians 12 under spiritual gifts and they read it. Now, what does it say? And they'll read it and their face will turn red. I said, that's what I do. And then I'll turn around and walk away. What does First Corinthians twelve say? It's under spiritual gifts. You know, there will be people that have the gift of ministry, the gift of healing, the gift of discerning of spirits, and if it's all uh, um, under the, the the blessings of God, then you're 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 free to do that. Perfect. One Corinthians hmm. twelve. I actually didn't know that verse, so I'm I'm going to hang on to that one because I actually I have people ask me a lot. Well, how can you reconcile this with any belief in God and Christianity? And it's like, well, I you know I got the gift somewhere, and uh, if there are dead people and we can actually interact with their spirits, that sort of tells me that you know something happens after we die, which probably means that you know. <laughs> We have I've actually had uh, elders of Christian churches contact me and said, look, we've got something going on in this house here, and we don't know how to handle it. I mean, we've gone over and done prayers and done everything, and we just cannot get this. Well, something's going on. Would you go in there and uh, and see what's going on? And I felt, you know, I felt kind of proud for the church to come and ask me, you know, to go in and, and help them out. And sure enough, I went in there, and uh, there was a lot of different paranormal things going on that I, I found out was going on. Like, you know, it was a battleground, and, and soldiers were running, running, running around everywhere, and, and they just didn't know how to handle it. And uh, coming to me, you know, I've handled cases like that before. You know, it was over and done, you know, in one day. Yeah. Yeah, that that's fantastic. And I've actually had people who've called me after they've gone to the church and have had, you know, the same thing where we've gone to the church and they've come and they've blessed the house. And as a matter of fact, that made things worse. And, you know, what can we do? And, and you go in with the team of people who know what they're doing. And it, it, it does seem to make a difference. So, you know, I think what you're doing is, is frankly, is God's work. I think you're you're doing great work. You're doing necessary work. 
yeah, you know, they, like I said, I was chosen to do it, and they kept that after me until I did it. You know, I was going to be, like I said, I, they forced me out of police work, and you know, they just kind of kept coming to me, you know, my dreams and showing up in my bedroom and at my house, and you need to be doing this, and, you know, you're not doing the right thing. Even my dad came back, you know, after he, he had crossed over two weeks later, you know, and showed yeah. me his spiritual body, and then and then later on he came to me and said, look, you know, you need to be doing something else, you know. I, he came on me right on a, on uh, on the on a job site that I was working and said, "Look, you need to you you were told that you need to do something else and you need to you need to quit this and go do your calling." And after yep. he told me that, I did. Well, yeah, I get it. I was going to be a school teacher, so I understand. Um, so this has gone by so quickly, and Cheryl yeah. said that she will try to get you back on because we've only scratched the surface. But, Willie, we have come to the part of our show that we like to call Shameless Self-Promotion Corner. Now, I know you're a really accomplished guy, and you have a lot of projects and things. You have some books. Um, where could people go to get information about you to find your work and that type of thing? Okay, uh, I've got two books out called The Shaman Windwalker and Soul Warriors. They're, they're both out on Amazon.com. And if people want to contact me, they can contact me through Willie Gibson on Facebook or CrystalChief55 at AOL.com. Very well. I really appreciate you coming on. You, you tell a good story. Um, and by that I mean you're a good storyteller, not that you're making stuff up. You're you're a great storyteller and a fascinating guy, and I hope you will come back and join us just as soon as you possibly can. Sure. Just ask me on any time. I'll come by. All right. I'll have Cheryl get back in touch with you, and we will look forward to that because I guess we have stuff to talk about with UFOs and things next time too. So, Willie, thank you so much for coming on. It's been an absolute thank you, pleasure. Willie. Thank you, and you're you're welcome. Just I'll be back again. All right, you have a good evening. You too. Uh huh. Good night. Good night. All right, there you go, guys. That was Willie Windwalker Gibson, and what a fascinating guy! And man, he 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 can tell it. He can he talks in pictures, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. I mean, it's a, a you really yeah. I really learned quite a bit from him tonight, actually. Ah, very good. All right. So I'm off next week, but there's a show. Is that right, Cheryl? Yes, we shall forge on without you, Karen. Yes, I'm delivering my child to college. Exciting. I'm I'm emptying my nest. Yeah. (laughs) Happy and sad. So what's what's the show? (laughs) Next week we have Brandon Alvis and, oh, let me turn my fan. Sorry about that. And Matt Goldman from American Paranormal Research Association. Mm -hmm. And Brandon has been on the show before. It's been it's been quite a while, but we're going to welcome them back on and see what they've been up to. And then on that's September 18th on let's see the week after that, September 25th, we are having on Doug Engler. He's a paranormal investigator. He is a radio show host. Um he was doing paranormal radio on the Hazy Network, but I think he um, is taking a break from the paranormal and just doing his anime radio show on Hazy. Cool. Very cool. So yeah. stuff coming up. Are we taking time off in October or no? Yeah, this is a good time to talk about it since it's coming up. We are yes. taking we are taking two weeks off in October. We are, due to Chad and I moving, we are taking off October 2nd and October 9th. And yes, you and Chad are moving cross country. Yeah, we're going far, far away. You're no longer here. a California girl. Well, I've got about uh, three weeks, two and a half weeks left to be a California girl. You're going to be Southern Bay. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> I'm gonna have a I'm gonna have a southern accent here next like like next year sometime. I will look forward to that, frankly. <laughs> well, that Tennessee's was... really nice. Although Chad yeah. never got a California accent. No, he still has his southern accent. Although I can, I don't know if it's just maybe because uh, I've spent so much time with him, but I can understand him a lot better now than when I first met him. Let me tell you. Oh that. no, he's he. <laughs> I didn't say his accent has gone away completely. Yeah. Um. He he has that his accent is like it used to be. He has yeah. he it has smoothed out, and I yeah. would imagine as soon as he goes goes back to the south um it'll, it'll come right back but by you know it'll be good ear training because you're going to you, be around a lot of people with accents oh yeah are you kidding he'll get a phone call from a family member and I, it's like he never left the south i mean his accent comes <laughs> back right then and there so it's pretty funny <laughs> oh well you're going to experience a whole new different part of the country and that's really exciting for you yeah Definitely. I'm excited. Yeah. So we, we may have some replays during those two weeks of past shows. I'm not sure yet, but stay tuned okay. and we'll let you know. Okay. All Great. right. So that's the the first and second weeks in October. Correct. Yeah. All right. That's good. Yes, um, and you said that there's a magazine coming out in the next couple of days? Yeah, we had a slight delay with our September issue, but the good news is, is it should be um, on paranormalunderground.net by tomorrow. So okay. we're excited about that. And, yes, um, and mm-hmm. let's talk Chucky e. G. Chucky e. G. Um, yeah, he has a show upcoming tonight, right after Paranormal Underground Radio. If you're listening live on Hazy, and Chucky e. G. will be Radio. off those two weeks as well. Uh, yeah, he will yeah. be off those two weeks as well. Um, again, I he may have some replays going. Don't, those those two weeks, we'll let you know. Uh, but tonight, if you're listening in, or if um, you want to check out his podcasts later. Um, He's having Marie D. Jones, who is a paranormal researcher. Yeah, we've had her on our show, and she's Mm -hmm. an author and a very, very interesting person. So tune in. Very cool. Hey, also, I wanted to thank the listeners who have taken the time to send in your dreams. Um, We received a whole clump of them. And so there's a chance. I only am doing two a month. So I may not have gotten to your dream this month, and I'm just going to apologize for that now. I will get to it. Um, and typically, Cheryl, don't you actually send the interpretation to the person who, who yes. sent in the... Yeah, they won't have to wait for the magazine to come out. As soon yeah. as you do them um, each month, I'll, I'll send it to them immediately. Okay. So, yeah, okay. So I'll try to get to a few more. Um, I just have a really busy couple of weeks coming up, unfortunately. You know, like I say, we're unfeathering the nest. We're pushing the baby out, making him fly. <sighs> so, <laughs> <laughs> so I've, you know, got some, we, we've got some stuff to do to get him ready to go. Um, but I will try to get to those in the next, in the, I'll try to get to them within the next couple of weeks so that, because I so appreciate people submitting their dreams. Um, I want you to know what the interpretation is before you forget about the dream. Yeah. Uh, that's important to me. So I'll try to send you those. And also, if you would like to submit dreams, um, please do. Cheryl, how may they do that? Submit your dreams for interpretation by Karen to editor at paranormalunderground.net and we will do them anonymously if if you want want. or we will use your name if you want it's completely up to you and um, give me as much detail as you can 
how, you know, like if there's four people, tell me the four people. Tell me who they are or what they look like. Um, you know, any detail that you can possibly remember about your dreams. And here's the thing. A lot of people say, I never remember my dreams. Here's how you do. When you wake up, they're in your head. The problem is as soon as you get up and go about your day, they, they go away pretty quick. Yeah. Just keep a little dream journal right next to the bed. Write them down as soon as you wake up and then send them to Cheryl if you have a particularly weird one. And let's see if we can make some sense out of it. Editor at ParanormalUnderground.net. Yep. Also, real quick before we go, shout out to our chat room. We had a lively chat room tonight. Yeah, we saw some people we haven't seen in a while. Yep, the chat room's at Paranormal. No, it's not at Paranormal. It's at HazyRadio.com. And then you Uh, click on Listen and Chat. There you go. Chat. I mean, just click on Chat. All right. Uh, Great show. Rich, I give you the reins for next week. I'm sure you'll be fabulous without me. Oh, tell Tanner... We're happy for him. Congratulations. Good luck. I will do that. I will do that. Okay, you guys have a good week and a good next couple weeks In because I'm not going to be around next week. And um, come back next week. Listen to Paranormal Underground Radio. If you'd like to be a guest on Paranormal Underground Radio, email editor at paranormalunderground.net. Until next time, keep exploring the unexplained at paranormalunderground.net. Please join us next week for Paranormal Underground Radio on the Hazy Radio Network.